Good morning and welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being part of today. Uh, I'm Paul, one of the pastors here, and I will be on mic in just one second. Go ahead and bring me up if you would. Um, uh, one of the things that... Are you there? Are you there? I'm good. There we go. We're on this one. Um, uh, Just we're we're a family here. I mean, we're a church, but we're also a church family. And the Bible talks an awful lot about the one another's and the care for one another and love one another. And um, um, during the the singing, one of our brothers, one of uh, um, um, our fellow members was feeling some chest pains. Um, And so he's in the back right now out out, out in the in the um, in the lobby. And we did call 911, and so if emergency vehicles show up, you know, that's, that's, that's the concern um, for that. And, and, I mean, he's sitting up, he's conscious, everything is okay. But um, we're going to pray um, because that's what we do here uh, for people that we love and care about. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that we can now come to you and we would pray for our brother right now as he is experiencing um, um, some trouble. This is not something that you did not know of, and you will use this for good and for your glory, and we would pray for safety and transport, um, strength right now, healing even in his heart and in his life. And so you would bless him, and um, God, thank you for his life in Christ, that he has joy and a hope even beyond this, and that you're going to work in great ways, and we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, we are in a series called Hope, and um, we're calling it Hope Changes Everything, and I hope you're liking this thing called what? Hope. I mean, I hope we like, we all like hope. And it's taken from a book by um, Ray Johnston, who's a pastor of Discovery Church, a very large church in Folsom, uh, the Folsom area. It's a great book. If you want to get the book, um, please do. That way, if you buy it and read it, then I won't feel so guilty about ripping off his stuff. So um, <laughs> feel, feel good about doing that if you would. <clears throat> Now, hope is, is, a, is a big thing. I mean, it's one of the things where really life is better with it, and we all need more of it. It's just one of those things that make life better, almost life completely go around right. And, 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 and so you know, we, we need to ask the question, are you a hopeful person? I mean, what kind of a hopeful person are you? And, and actually, how much hope do you really have? And, and, and how do you know that? I mean, how much is your, is your hope potential on, on this one? And I bet right now you're thinking, um, Paul, I really wish that you would put together a test for us, for us to understand how much hope we have. And, well, guess what I have done for all of you people I love? I, I have, as a service to you, I've designed uh, my own test um, for you guys to take this morning. And this will give you an idea of your hope quotient. It's, uh, it's, it's a little sophisticated, and it's a bit complex, very scholarly, and it's a scientific test. It took me all of 15, 20 minutes to pull this thing together, but this will really help you understand um, your HQ or your hope quotient and your ability to have hope. You can thank me later or now. 
preferably now. You can thank me because after you take it, you won't like me very much. But anyway, you guys want to take it? You want to take it? You want to take it this morning? Okay, okay. We're going to go ahead and do it. Most of you are, are, are like that. Now, you need to score it. Um, you're going to need to write down some numbers and add them up at the end. So I hope you can do that. And so, you know, those pens on your chairs, you know, the ones that you end up taking home anyway, you know, those ones that you, you take <laughs> That tells me the kind of hope, tells you the kind of hope I have in you guys, by the way. On this one. <clears throat> Pull them out, if you would, and, and find something to write on and, and mark on, and, and um, we'll do that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a series of pictures, and uh, you will look at each picture, and a feeling and thoughts will come over you. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to write down, an, I'm going to have you write down a number between uh, zero and two, either zero, one, and two that corresponds to your feeling. You, you, you got that? You got that? Understand that? And, and before I, I do that, I'm going to ask, Dave, do you think that, that because I didn't have this on was my issue? Um, yeah, you're wondering why? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. How about that? Hey, there we go. All right, very good. <laughs> Um, I've been doing this for a whole lot of years, by the way. Um, I've been doing this for a bunch of years. And you'd think I'd be better at it, but I just concluded that senility has just simply set in. So I'm just going to, who knows, I'm going to come without shoes next time. Okay, we're going we're to take our, our little test. This is my scientific um, hope test. <clears throat> when I see this, I see. Okay, the first one is this, a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, this one's familiar, by the way. Second, the life is hard, but there's always hope. Or I see a train. I see a, tra- a train. A train. A train. Okay. Now, this is the way I'm going to have you score it. Go ahead and, and hit the next one, if you would, please. If, if, if you got the first one, then that's you. Then give yourself a two. Life is always hard. There's always hope is a one. And then there's a train. Okay, got that? This is how we're going to do the scoring from here on out. Okay? All right? This is the next one. When I see this, I see the promise of God given to a world he loves. All right? Number two, the second one, God's gift of beauty to our land. Or number three, a reminder that my windows still leak. Okay, see so you in this one. Next one. <clears throat> when I see this, I see that children's wishes can and do come true. You know, that's number two, is the fun of childhood or my lawn filled with weeds because of this kid. Okay, which one, which one, which one do you see? Okay, take a look at this one. I found actually a picture of two lovebirds, two lovebirds sitting on a wire. I see, when I see this, I see the beautiful gift of love. Give yourself two points for this one. Life and nature, number one, or that my car is going to get pooped on. Now you get zero points for, for, for this one. All right, next one. Next one. There you go. How about this one? Huh? Get your thoughts around this one. When I see this, I see one of life's decadent yet pleasurable things. Number two, number one, something filled with goodness and natural antioxidants. <laughs> Or 1,300 calories in three hours on my stupid treadmill. Which one do you see for this? And finally, the last one, look at that. Isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? Isn't that gorgeous? Now, when you look at that, you see the playful innocence of nature. Or you see God's love in all his creatures. Or a deer with a hairball. Which one, which one, which one do you see on this one? Okay, add up your numbers. Add up all your numbers. Take a second and do that. It shouldn't take you very long. And what we're going to do is we're going to score it. And I have a scoring system right here for you um, to, to, to pull together. And if you've got your numbers, you've got your total. Here we go. If, if you've got 8 to 12, you live in some weird dream world, okay? It's some <laughs> wild, weird 
dream world, okay? Any of you between four and seven, you may need to check your medications, okay, on this one. Or if you got zero to three, you're realistic and well-balanced. How about that? So, okay. Y'all got your hope quotient um, pulled together on this one? Okay, enough, enough, enough silliness on that. Let's, uh, let's take a second and pray, okay? Father God, thank you for um, a chance to take a look at what your word says about hope and life and how you give us a living hope in Christ and how you give us hope day by day. And I just pray for these moments that we have now that we would be encouraged and we would be filled. And we thank you in Jesus' name. When we talk about hope, hope is not just simply some wishful thinking. It's not just simply uh, a, a dream. You know, it's not just saying, you know, I hope the Patriots lose. And I do, by the way. I hope they I lose. Or, or I hope I get a job. Or it's not saying I hope my homework that I haven't looked at yet, you know, doesn't take forever for me to finish before tomorrow. That's <clears throat> not what biblical hope is all about. That's not the kind of hope that God has for us. Hope is a God concept word, and it gets its meaning from him. And what it really is, is it's an assurance that God is in control of life and my life. And that no matter if good or bad happens, he's in charge and it's okay. All right, do you see how that's a little bit bigger than just simply about a football game or about homework? It's whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's going to be okay because I know God. And I know God is going to take care and be in charge of this whole thing. Um, it's not so much, I would say, of a verb as it is a noun. I have hope. I have it. It's something that I have, and I can walk through life with hope. Isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that a great um, sustaining, sustaining concept? Here it says in Psalm 71, as for me, I will always have hope. There it is. I have it, and I will praise you more and more. And so you could say, those of you whose glass half empty or glass half full or glass has fingerprints all over it, it doesn't matter because I know the one who what? Who holds the glass. God holds my glass. And therefore, no matter what it is, it's going to be okay. Now, now one of the things, and we're going to talk about this this morning and spend the time on it, is, is that our hope level in life can be up and it can go down, okay? It's not always constant and it's not always the same. And there's certain factors in my life and there's certain things that can happen to me or certain things that I can do to help raise my ability to have hope or, or lower it. And we would call that, and that's what would be in the book, would be called the hope quotient. And there are like seven things that we can really grasp onto and hold onto that can help raise our ability to have hope and to have that sustainable hope through our lives. Hope can drain. It just simply can. It can drain out. And hope can drain out of us, and there's just no spark to get us going. And when we don't have the hope, then we have the, the doubts, and then we have the fears, and we have the insecurities and, and the worries, and those things will really affect us. There's a, there's a great example of this in the Bible, um, and, and that would be John the Baptist. Um, and he's part of Jesus' story. He even proclaimed Jesus. In fact, he was the guy that helped inaugurate Jesus' ministry. When Jesus came to him, he said, this is the guy. This is the one. This is the Messiah. This is God's full promise is in this person right here. And John had full confidence and full hope. Everything was going to be okay. 
The Bible says this, the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. And they're telling him all kinds of things that are going on. But the problem is they're having to tell him because he can't see him in person because he's in prison. John has now been locked away in prison because the king got ticked off at him for some stupid reason. And the king is, is, is just crazy and wanting to make sure that John stays locked up. And so John, whose sole desire in life was to proclaim Christ to other people, is sitting there in prison. And hope leaks. And it begins to leak out. It leaks out of his life. He's sitting in prison knowing that death is probably going to await him. And it says this, So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord Jesus to ask him, Are you the one we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for somebody else? You hear the lack of hope in this one? It's like the guy who was proclaiming everything about Jesus is now saying, Are you the guy? Because things aren't working out the way I thought they should work out. Hope leaks. Drained people are subject to some really tough emotions. Drained life leads to drained hope. And there are things that need to happen for me to be able to raise my hope. And, and so the first one we're going to talk about is how do you recharge your, I hate to say hope batteries because that sounds stupid, but how do you recharge your hope in your life? How do you, you do that? And we're going to look at four or five things that will help you recharge your batteries in order so you're able to hope more, okay? These are the things that are going to happen. To recharge your batteries, first of all, and if you want to take notes, great. You have to manage your times of growth and rest. Okay, manage your times of growth and rest. And this is a God concept, okay, taking time for growth and for rest. Christmas um, 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 was, was a blur for, for, for us here and for me here because we had on the weekend, we had three services, you know, boom, 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 and then they kind of all happened. And then Christmas Eve came out on Monday and we had three services then. And so you have services on the weekend and three, back to back to back on, on, on Monday. And man, I got home, you know, I was here from, you know, eight in the morning on Christmas Eve till like nine at night, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I came home and it was like some kind of a hybrid in me of the Grinch and Scrooge and the abominable snow monster. I mean, it was just me, you know, it was just me, and, you know, and, and, you know, Merry Christmas, Paul. It's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and one of the things that I don't like, I, I, I just don't like it that my spiritual is tied up sometimes in the physical. You know, my spiritual life and my emotional life, spiritual life, is oftentimes, too often, tied up in my physical. You know, if I'm tired, if I'm overworked or overstressed, then I'm not going to be that nice of a person. And spiritually, I'm not going to be that strong. It's just one of those deals. And so you have in the, in the Bible, 1 Kings 19, read the whole story, Elijah's worn out. Sits under a tree. I mean, he's a spiritual leader, but all of a sudden he has been just going at it and going at it, and a couple bad things happen, and he just says, if you can remember the story, take me now, God. I'm done. You go ahead. You know, next train to heaven, you know, I want to be on this one because I'm just done here. And so, so God knew that, and, and we're going to go back and, and, and hear that God said this. Seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. 
This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. Now, why, why did God do that? I'm not going to go into what you can and can't do, you know, on a Sunday. We're not going to do that because Jesus is going to make a statement that we're going to talk about in just a second. But God did that is because he knew that we as people sometimes will drive ourselves a little too far or we'll just never simply stop, you know. And so he said, look, there needs to be a time for you to reflect and rest. Rest and reflect. Rest and reflect. Now, it's not supposed to be something that we become a slave to. You know, my dad growing up grew up in a very strict religious house. You couldn't play cards on Sunday. You couldn't. You just had to sit there, and you could read your Bible, or you could read your Sunday school material. How's that, you know, for, for life? And that was, that was his growing up years. Um, Jesus said to them, Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. And not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. I mean, don't put a bunch of laws on it, but there needs to be time for you to slow it down and to rest. You have to do that. And you could say, well, yeah, that was good for back then. But honestly, your hope ability will, will, will drain out unless you consciously take time to think through your life and to just simply enjoy what God has made. It's, it's an okay thing. And again, I hate it that my spiritual is tied up in the physical. It is. Okay, it is. I wish I was stronger. I'm not. It just simply is. <clears throat> so there needs to be a time to slow down, an intentional time when you slow down. Now that leads to the next, and that would be understanding the power of worship, understanding the power of worship, and, and they're kind of tied in together here. And, and I know as soon as we hear the, the word worship, we think of going to church and music and Sunday morning and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, of course it happens here. Absolutely it does. But, but there's a lot, there's a lot to it than that. You don't have to be here to worship, and if you only wait to worship here, you're, 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 you're missing out. Worship is experiencing, understanding, and appreciating the incredible wonder, power, and love of God in my life, and that can happen any time, okay? Did you go outside yesterday, you know, before the rain hit? You see what the coast is doing? It's turning green all over the place, and it was kind of warm out there, and just the yellow flowers are coming out now, and um, boy, what a beautiful time to just take time to slow it down. But to remember, you know, this is the, made for the glory of God. And, and, and hope, if hope is knowing who holds my glass, I need a constant reminder that God does. Because I forget. I will forget. And what worship does, and as we sing those songs, or as you sing, you know, put them on your Spotify or your, your iPhone or whatever you want to do with that, you are reminded again who's holding your glass. Who's holding your glass? Kind of a weird story. This was like way back in the early 1900s. Airplanes were first being invented, and some guy was, you know, kind of flying this little thing around and thought it was really cool. And, and he looked back, and, and, and he saw that a rat had gotten into his little airplane. You know, this one was a little, you know, way, 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 way back when. And there's a rat that's sitting there, and he's gnawing on the, um, <laughs> he's gnawing on the steering cables, you know, the steering ropes. And, and, and the guy realized that if this thing cuts through the, the steering ropes, he's going down, you know. And he's thinking, I can't reach this back this rat, and I can't land, you know, because he's flying over water. And so what he does is he, he just goes high, higher and higher and higher and higher. And, and, and the altitude, you know, killed the rat. And the principle is rats in your life aren't meant to live when you go higher, you know, or when you're in the presence of God. The rats in your life can't do it. And when you get a glimpse of who God is, hope increases. It just simply does. And, 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 and this is why, I, and, and, and some of my worship, the times I worship, is, is not just 
is not just simply, you know, song, songs and singing. Um, sometimes I worship best just looking at the Bible. We're going to look at the Bible's role in your life in a second. Um, and this is why I encourage you strongly to underline verses in your Bible. I really do. And if you say, well, I've got a special Bible, I don't want to mark it up, then take one of ours, okay? Take one of ours. Take two of ours. I don't care. And, and underline verses that mean something to you because there will be times of discouragement that you're going to need to go back and you're going to need to find things that you have underlined that meant something to you and that are just simply great verses that kind of lift you up. Here's some of the things that I, that I do, just a couple of the verses that I've, that I've underlined in mind. And this is God, and it's out of Isaiah, and, and it says this, I'm the one who made, this is God, the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. Now I read that, and all of a sudden the, the issues in my life kind of get small compared to the big. I am the Lord, he says, there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I don't whisper obscurities in some dark corner. That helps me. It helps me. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I'm God. There's no other. The people will declare the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. And then there you go. Next one, and this is like this next last one, is work the Bible into your life. (laughs) The Bible book of Psalms is, is like the Spotify of the Old Testament, and it says... You are my refuge and shield. I have put my hope where? In your word. Okay, hope comes from the Bible. Uh, um, A four-year nationwide study, actually, they did a a study for four years, um, and they concluded across our country that um, the most powerful catalyst for spiritual growth, the most powerful one, above all others, the most powerful catalyst for spiritual growth is what? Is the Bible. Is the Bible. Honestly, it's, it's the Bible. And the Bible is unrivaled in its ability to advance your spiritual growth, unrivaled by anything else. And, and I read it, and I see what God has done and what God wants to do and what Jesus has done and the power of the Spirit of God in lives, and hope rises in me. Because if you can see how God's got this thing in control from, from, from beginning to end, you know, and, and the beginning, he's got it all, then I look at my life and say, then he's got something going on in my life as well. Now, y'all know it. You know, y'all know the Bible is supposed to be important. But a lot of times we say, but I have no idea where to start, how to read it, and how to figure the crazy thing out, you know. Um, so where do I start? And, 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 and if you're like that, um, gosh, we'll put together a couple-hour thing where we'll sit down and talk to you about, here's how to read the Bible, and we'll make it simple and easy for you. And if you're interested in something like that, write that down on your Next Step card, you know, if you would, please, or just let me know. Um, write that down, you know, Bible seminar or Bible talk or something like that, and we'll do it because we can get it done in about an hour, hour and a half, and we'll just simply work it through so the Bible doesn't become some mysterious foreign thing to you. Next, <laughs> build spiritual relationships. You have to build spiritual relationships. The Bible says this, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And some in here may be coming hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Do you know that? I mean, it says it's going to happen. And so that means you or maybe me or the person next to you or the person in the row in front of you or behind you right now could be becoming hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And if it's you... You need someone you've allowed into your life to encourage you through it. You have to have that happen. If it's somebody else, then that means that 
you need to be the one involved in their life. And, and, and maybe you came here today, um, and maybe you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting much out of the music. You know, the song didn't quite touch me, you know, and the message certainly <laughs> does not do much for me right now. But we don't come here only to get. We come here to what? We come here to give. We come here to give. Because, again, in the Bible, the church is not just simply a show. We come, sit, soak, and leave. It's a place where we come together as a body, as a family. And so we see somebody who's becoming hardened by sin's deceitfulness, meaning their heart's getting a little bit harder. And so they need you. And maybe the reason you're here today is not to get anything. But maybe it's to see somebody and to encourage them. You see how that works? You need to build spiritual relationships. And when you do that, by the way, hope comes in you as well. Last one. Pay attention to whose voice you're listening to. There's lots of voices out there to listen to. Um, some of them are going to give you hope. Some of, you, some of them are going to just tear you down. You've got to pay attention to the right voices. You have to listen to, to the voices that are, are right. <laughs> Ray Johnson tells this great story. And if you get claustrophobic, you know, any of you claustrophobic, you get claustrophobic, if you ever get claustrophobic, well, good luck with this one, okay, because you will um, on this one. Experienced cave, cave explorer, and, you know, a spelunker, cave explorer, um, who invited a friend named Danny to go with him to a cave, okay, into a cave. Any of you done that? Any of you gone into caves? Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it can be a little bit weird and freaky and all that kind of stuff. And Anyway, um, he said, it's a little tough to get to. You want to come? And Danny agreed, okay? So experienced cave guy, he's bringing his friend named Danny. They're going to go into a cave. It says they enter the cavern, and the passageway got smaller and smaller. So at first they're walking upright, and then it got smaller until they had to now hunch over, okay? And if you've ever walked, once, once it starts getting to the ceiling, the low ceiling on me, I begin to get a little, <laughs> you know, but you're doing it. You know, so they're, they're all hunched over. Pretty soon they had to get down and crawl. And then to Danny's horror, it got too cramped for that. To get through a small fissure in the rock, they had to lie on their backs, push with their legs, and keep their hands at their sides. Okay? Okay, you got that? All right? Okay. Now, if you're a little bit more freaked out, just plug your ears. Um, I'm a little freaked out by this. It says, then the passageway grew even narrower. Now they could not breathe and move at the same time. Okay? That's how tight it was. When they took a breath, their lungs expanded and filled the tiny space in the cave, causing them to get stuck. So they had to breathe out in order to move forward. Breathe in, get stuck, breathe out, push with legs, move a tiny bit. Okay. Danny started to lose it. No wonder, you know, no wonder. And he thought, I am going to die. I can't go back. I can't go forward. I'm stuck. At that moment, Danny's friend called to him saying this, Danny, this is really important. If you keep listening to those voices in your head, if you let your mind run wild, you'll flip out. And if you flip out, you'll get stuck in this cave. And I want you to listen only to my voice right now. Danny, I've been through this, and I'm here right now. I won't leave you. You can trust me. Danny, you can make it. You just have to keep listening every moment. To my voice. Danny died in that cave. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
He made it all the way through. <laughs> and the next cavern that they got to dazzled him like nothing he had ever expected to see in his life. Um, whose voice has your attention? That's what I want to say. You know, whose voice is it that really has your attention here? And worship team, would you guys come on up? Um, what Jesus says again and again is keep listening to my voice. Keep listening to my voice. Because at some point in your life, the cave is going to get low and lower and you're going to have to crawl and you're going to have to inch your way through. And at some point, it's going to feel like you're getting what? You're getting stuck. And you can't breathe and move at the same time. Don't listen to the voices of doubt. Don't. Because there's going to be voices of doubt either in your own head or people are talking to you and it's going to say, you know, it's too late for you. It's just too late for you. Or you should just give up hope. It's never going to happen. Or you, 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 can't, you can't make it. Or that's just simply never going to be able to be overcome in your life. There are going to be voices that are going to say, just give up hope. But then there's another voice, and the one you need to listen to, of course, is the voice of God. That says, trust me. I will not leave you, if you know the verse, nor forsake you. I'm not going to forget about you. I'm not going to let you go on your own. I will never do that. I'm with you always, Jesus would say, even to the stuck parts in your life, even to the ends of the earth. And um, we end here this morning. I guess we could say we're kind of beginning here because some of you are drained on hope. Some of you are stuck and you're saying, I'm not sure I can get through. You're out of gas. Hope is found in a person, not in circumstances. If it's found in circumstances, we're in trouble. It's found in a living person, and that's God, who's above and beyond. It's not circumstances changing that will give you hope. It's hearing God, and it's having God with you, would you bow with me, please, for a moment? Maybe for some of you, for the first time, you're saying, wow, there is some hope here. My circumstances suck. They're just terrible. But there's a living God that for the one of the few times in my life I'm, I'm feeling, I'm experiencing and that's a good thing. He's a living God, alive. Maybe you have been someone who was close to God once but walked away from it because disappointment happened. And you're hearing his voice again. He's saying, trust me, just trust me. And so give him your trust. Give him that. Can I, can I pray for you? Father, I, I would pray for the people here, the person here, who's now just experiencing again a recharging of hope in you, that 
they would find not just hope in you, but joy, peace, a settledness this morning. Thanking you, God, that you're a living God. And you'll be with us no matter what, because you promised. And we trust you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for being